Amen. We certainly thank God, amen, for this opportunity, amen, to uh, come back again on this subject on tonight, the possibility, the possibility of failure, amen. We're not uh, eternally secure, come on somebody, Uh, it's possible for us to fail, it's possible for us not to see God's face in peace. Amen. God tells us we must occupy. Amen. We must do the things that he's prescribing for us to do that we may make it till the end. Uh, The race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but he that what? We got to endure. We got to endure until the end. Amen. And we certainly started out in Romans, uh, the seventh chapter, uh, when Paul said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Come on, somebody. Amen. Romans 7. That's just a recap. He said, when I find it's a law, uh, it's dwelling uh, in this flesh. Uh, it dwells no good thing. Everybody uh, ought to know by now that this flesh will never be saved. It can't be trusted. Uh, You can put no confidence in it. Amen, my God. Uh, That is going to be your biggest and constant enemy. Amen, with our walk with God. Amen, dealing with this flesh. And we won't be able to put it off until he come and we put off these old vile bodies and we receive a body, a glorious body fashion like as unto his. So Paul lets us know that we are sleeping. We are sleeping with the enemy. Yes, you are sleeping with the enemy. Uh, That might be news. And uh, uh, the bigger news is the enemy is you. (laughs) It is you. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He called it a body of death. Uh, with my mind, I serve the laws of God, but there's there's another law, a, a warring, and it's in my members. Come on, somebody, that when I would do good, evil is always present. All right, we went to Romans 8 and 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are what? We have to be in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And when we're in Christ Jesus, we're no longer controlled by our flesh. Amen. And certainly we went to Matthew 16 and 18, and Jesus let us know what it means to be in him. Come on, somebody. Uh, We must have that revelation that Jesus is God. Come on, somebody. We don't have a scripture that says that, but we have many scriptures that support. And matter of fact, even when we go to Revelation, there's only one throne in heaven and only one that sits on the throne. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, He's father in creation. He's son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost in us. And all these three are one. He told us in John 14, have I been so long with you, Philip? And has thou has yet not known me? When you see me, you see the father. 
I and the Father are one. Come on, somebody. Jesus said it himself. My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Come on, somebody. Uh, God had done, had gone as far as he could go in creating the heavens and the earth, and separating the light from darkness of the first day, the second day, my God, and hanging the stars in place and hanging the earth on nothing. Come on, somebody. He had gone as far as he could go, but then he needed a body, a body that could shed blood for our sins. My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Come on, somebody. And matter of fact, if you go back to um, uh, John 14, he says the father, the works that I do, the father is doing those works. Uh, so what are we talking about? We're talking about a theophany, a theophany. That's a visible manifestation of God to man. Amen. Three manifestations of the same God. He's God the Father, he's God the Son, he's God the Holy Spirit, and all of these three are one. Thou art the Christ, somebody, the Son of the living God. All right, we talked about John and how he wrote to the seven churches, the seven churches, amen. And we talked about how when we first saw that candelabra, it was in the temple, remember? Amen. When we did the study in Revelation of the temple, uh, when we went in and we saw the table of showbread and we saw the brazen altar, uh, we saw the candlesticks. Uh, but when we went to, uh, when God uh, told John to come up hither, I'm gonna show you things that must happen hereafter. John saw the candle uh, labor uh, before the altar. So now the church was in heaven. We saw it on earth and now it was in heaven. And John was the writer, the revelation of Jesus Christ given unto John by an angel writing to the seven churches. Amen. And certainly that was not seven different spirits. That was the same spirit in each church dispensation. Amen. One spirit in each dispensation. And as a matter of fact, uh, that was um, <clears throat> confirmed by so many scriptures. We went to Jude and Jude said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Amen. That's Jude uh, three through five. It's just one salvation. It was needful me, for me to write unto you and exhort and encourage you that you should earnestly contend. Amen. When shall these things be in the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? Take heed that no man deceive you. My God. Amen. We have so many deceived minds on today. And people uh, try to tell you things that you see with your own mind. You didn't, uh, with your own eyes, I'm sorry. You saw it with your own eyes and they'll tell you that it didn't happen. It didn't exist. 
when shall these things be? Uh, Jesus told them these ornate things of the temple, there's going to come a day when one stone won't be turned upon another. When shall these things be in the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? Matthew 24, what we call the Olivet Discourse. Uh, He did not answer them in the uh, order they asked the question, uh, but he took the whole chapter answering uh, the question. But the first thing that came out of his mouth, take heed that no man deceive you. Amen. And I'm putting that in conjunction with Jude 3 uh, through 5 here. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence, it was necessary for me to write unto you about a common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you. I got to encourage you that you got to earnestly contend. We got to fight for what we know is truth. My God, the Bible talks about we're living in times where they're calling right wrong and wrong right. Bible talks about antichrist. And this is how we know that it is the last days for many antichrists shall come. My God. Now, I know we have uh, pastors, uh, so-called pastors that have used this scripture to um, condemn people that left their church. That's not the proper uh, meaning of this scripture. Uh, This is not somebody that left new grace. Tell people, listen, you can leave new grace and still be saved. Amen. You, you don't hear me using this scripture. You know, no doubt they would have stayed with us if they had been of us. But uh, <laughs> but they left us that it might be made manifest that they were never with us. No, that's not what that scripture is talking about. That scripture is talking about those individuals that have left the doctrine They have left the doctrine. And in our study, uh, in our study of the book, Bishop Ross uh, Perry Paddock, we talked about how uh, the Catholic Church, uh, it was 315 A.D., 315 A.D., uh, during the Nicene Council, and under the rule of uh, Constantine the Great, uh, that the Catholic Church uh, changed the oneness. They changed the oneness to the Trinitarian doctrine. This is what that scripture is talking about. Those individuals, and uh, the Bible describes her as a, a mother of harlots, Uh, describes this false church as a whore, uh, unfaithful, and all of those in the Trinitarian doctrine is the most subscribed to doctrine today is the Trinitarian doctrine. The Bible called them antichrist. I know you, well, you know, pastor, it don't seem like, and it don't, it don't, you know, it don't, it don't seem nice. My God, it, it may not seem nice to you, but it's the truth. And, that, and that's what I'm here to share with you. Uh, these individuals are anti-Christ. And uh, we more closely identify them as Christians uh, 
that hate Jesus. Now, what are you talking about, Pastor? How could they be a Christian? Well, you can't convince them they're not Christians. So they're Christians that hate Jesus. Jesus said, these people draw nigh unto me with their lips, but their heart. You know how they used to say, whatever you do, do it with a heavenly mind. <laughs> My God, you have to be part of the old church to understand that. Whatever you do, you do it with a heavenly mind. He said, these people draw near unto me with their lips. Oh, we love the Lord and, and we're Christians and we believe in doing and we believe in. Uh, it was the church of Thyatira back in uh, Revelation, the third chapter. Um, God uh, recognized them for their works and their greater works that they're doing right now. And on somebody with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. My God, uh, individuals that believe they have a right to persecute others. Come on somebody, and matter of fact, every hate group there is, just about all of them use scripture to justify their hate and vitriol and oppression of other people. And um, some uh, feel that, you know, the, the scripture now gives them uh, the right. You know, the Bible says, let the wheat and tear grow together. You know, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll deal with it when I come. God is going to pronounce judgment against it. Amen. Uh, there are individuals that uh, they, they hate other individuals can on somebody, my God, and, and not just because of their uh, lifestyle, but because of their beliefs, but because of their skin color. Come on, somebody, my God, they're Christians that hate Jesus. Jesus said, for, for which of my good works do you all want to stone? This ain't nothing new. <laughs> for which of my good works you all want to stone me? He's talking to the religious folks of the land. They know somebody. My God, and if they hated your daddy, guess what? They're going to hate you. They are anti-Christ. And this whereby we know that we're in the last days, for many anti-Christ will come. Amen. And certainly they are here. When shall these things be which shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Take heed that no man deceive you. All that glitters is not gold. Come on, somebody. Amen. And some of these Christians that hate Jesus, they also hate you. Come on, somebody. My God. Amen. And, and what they need to know is that Jesus loves the homosexual. Jesus loves the gays. Aren't you glad he loved the sinner? My God. And it's all sin. It's all sin. It'll all send you to hell. Uh, but, you know, people want to categorize you know, sin. Oh, well, you know, I do this, but I don't do that. It's all sin and punishable by death. For the wages of sin is what? Oh, not that sin. No, the wages of all sin. My God is death. And we need to understand 
that Jesus, he loves for God so loves the world that he gave. He actually gave his life for the homosexual. He loves the homosexual. He hates the sin. And uh, individuals, they, you know, try to take the place of, uh, of God and they become uh, judge, jury, and, and executioner. And they want to go and rip out and, and persecute individuals for their lifestyle and, and, and the way they live and, uh, you know, the things that they believe and their religious beliefs. But Jesus said, with loving kindness, have I drawn them? Come on, somebody. What would Jesus do? Amen. He loved us for God so loved the world that he gave. All right. Going back to Jude 3, 5, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, it's a common salvation. This is not one for the Jew, one for the Gentile. It's a common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you have to fight. We are in the fight of our lives. We have to fight for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. <clears throat> Romans 8, 9, and 10 talked about that one spirit. But ye are not in the flesh, Romans 8, 9, and 10, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. I'm going to start that over one more time. But you are not in the flesh. There has been a disconnect now. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Uh, I'm no longer guilty. I'm no longer tied to this flesh. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, and we're going to talk about what needs to be done if we are overtaken in a fault. But we need to understand these things first. Um uh, we are a new creature in Christ Jesus, no longer walking according to my mind and what I think and, you know, what I think I know and what I what I feel like I want to do. Remember somebody, you know, as the world would say, just letting it all hang out. I'm just going to be me. No, no, no. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. You got to realize and know and tell yourself, you know, me, I'm crazy. I'm on somebody. I'm glad I got the mind of Christ. My God, if it had not been for God on my side, I may have killed one of my enemies. I may have committed suicide and even ended my own life. I'm on somebody. It's no longer me but the Christ that lives and dwells within me. Come on, somebody. All right. Romans uh, 8, 9, and 10 again. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. My God. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, uh, let's just stop right there for one second, because we all know of those individuals, those um, I'm thinking about the vagabond Jews, but we'll, we'll go 
uh, uh, we'll go back to them. But I'm thinking about those individuals that cast out uh, demons in his name and did uh, many miraculous and wondrous works using the name of Jesus. Although they use that name that has power, Jesus, we've cast out devils in your name. He said, you know, I never depart from me. I never knew you. How can this be? How can I use that name that has power and do a many wondrous works uh, using that name? But Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. Well, Paul sums it up right here. Let's go back to Romans 8, 9, and 10. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Look at this. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Although you've taken that name and cast out devils, You've taken that name and you've done many miraculous and wondrous works. He said, you know what? You didn't have my spirit. My God, my spirit don't dwell on the inside of you. The Bible says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. You got to have the power. Those vagabond Jews say we adjure you. We're going to cast you out by the uh, by Paul's uh, uh, the name that Paul called. He said Jesus, I know, <laughs> my God, and Paul, I know, but uh, who are you? And they ran and departed, uh, being torn in pieces. I'm on somebody, you just can't go out and, and go and jump on some demon and you don't have a relationship uh, with God. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And look at verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Come on, somebody. The body is dead now. Now that it is in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God, we have been buried with him in baptism. And when we came up, we rose to walk in the newness of life. All right. Let's go to Galatians 6. Galatians 6, we're going to be looking to end this subject on tonight. And we will be going on to another subject on next week if the Lord says the same. Uh, I want to talk about some things that are going on. Um, maybe it's going to be what in the world is going on, part two. Galatians 6, 1 through 3. Um, and certainly this fight uh, with this flesh, this, this enemy that we're sleeping with, it's possible for us to be overtaken in a fault, but God has a plan and a remedy for that. Amen. There is a possibility of failure. Look at Galatians 6, 1 through 3. Brethren, 
If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, what is his first inclination? Restore, restore, restore. Uh, I used to say back in the day, you know, God don't send out checks with Ed McMahon's face on it. And now some of you uh, newer individuals, newer, younger individuals, y'all probably don't even know who Ed McMahon was. Uh, but um, instead of going into all of that, they would send out checks. Uh, you are a winner of, you know, $3 million, $5 million, but it would have Ed McMahon's face on it, and uh, it wasn't even worth the paper uh, that it was written on. You know, somebody. But God don't do like man do. You know, somebody. My God. Uh, God has real restoration. He has real remedies. My God, if he sends help, it's real help. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you until the end. God, God created us, saints, and he knows what we're fighting with and what we're dealing with. And when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to fight with his own flesh. Come on, somebody. My God, that flesh didn't want to go to the cross. Come on, somebody. Even told the disciples, can you watch with me but just an hour? And before he uh, got a stone's throw away, they all fell asleep. And he was all by himself. Come on, somebody. My God. When he came down to it. But the Bible says there appeared an angel and strengthened him. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, he can do the same thing for each and every one of us in our tests, in our trials, and the things that we're going through. Come on, somebody. My God. Great persecution as great uh, 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 drops of blood. Come on, somebody. My God. That, that flesh. Um, did not want to suffer. It did not want to submit. It did not want to lay down. But God already purposed in his heart and in his mind and in the thought, the logos, uh, the, the pre-knowledge of God, amen, the will of God. He saw us in our stuff, in our mess, in our wretched state and decided that we were worth it. Come on, somebody. My God. So the angel came and strengthened him that he might complete the work, but he was in that flesh. Numbers 23 and 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. God was not a man. He became a man. My father worketh hitherto and I work. He became a man. He was tempted just like each and every one of us, yet he was without sin. My God, he overcame this flesh, this enemy that we're sleeping with, that we're dealing with. Come on, somebody. My God. He overcame this flesh and went to the cross. My God, became a man, stripped himself of his divinity, wrapped himself in human flesh, 
stepped down 40 and two generations. And he that knew no sin became sin for us. He looked at us, saw us, no hope, no future, nothing to offer. Come on, somebody. But decided we were worth it. My God. Mm. So God is not going to leave us. He's gone through too much. Come on, somebody, to put you in a trick bag. Oh, you, you know, put us on a tightrope. You know, you, you fall, you do something wrong, and you walk the plank. That's what the old pirates would do when they condemn a man. You tell a lie, and then you're going to hang you by a rope. No, that's not the kind of God we serve. Come on, somebody. My God, look what he says. I have real restoration. Galatians 6, 1 through 3. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, and it's possible for us to be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, we need some spiritually minded people, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You know, a lot of times we have the nerve to say, well, you know what, they deserve uh, what they get. And uh, I saw it coming. Look at this. My God, when you think that, you know, somebody else is weak and you're not weak, you're going to be tempted. Your day is coming. Amen. If you can't look out with compassion on your brother and your sister and restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest I also, you're next. You know, somebody, the, the devil is after us all. My God. And, and he wants to do it one by one. Seeking whom he may devour. Going to and fro, up and down. Seeking whom he may devour. Come on, somebody. But he can't get a hold of us. Uh, you know, uh, Indians, when they would attack, the cowboys would circle the wagons. And it was that one wagon that would take off, uh, get excited and, and, and get confused and run off by itself. After they uh, fight off that Indian attack, staying together. Uh, they go on with the pilgrimage and they'll find that wagon burned and raided and uh, individuals uh, scalped. Remember somebody, you can't fight this enemy all by yourself. You need the body of Christ. You need the Holy Ghost working on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. My God, uh, uh, spiritual individuals that will come together and strengthen one another. Forsake not the assembling of yourself as the manner of some are. Uh, we're the family. We're the body of Christ. We need to stick together. My God. <clears throat> Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Look at number two. Bear ye one another's burden. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> and listen, that, that's his stuff. Uh, that's their mess. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we say, I ain't getting in. I ain't getting in. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. N not nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't want to have to do nothing to do with that. <clears throat> My God. 
bear ye one another burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's my brother. That's my sister. Amen. And, and since God has comforted me, my God, when I was in need, amen, I am the comfort others with the same love that I had been comforted with. Come on, somebody. My God, I ought to be able to bestow that love on my brother and my sister. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain. Anybody want mercy? Anybody realize that you need mercy? I know I need it. Come on, somebody. So you're looking at a merciful pastor because I know myself. I need mercy. I don't think everybody is going to be just, you know, uh, we press toward the mark of the high calling. I don't think every, every, anybody is just going to make the high calling. Uh, this is a pressing way. It's a suffering way. Come on, somebody. My God, God is working on us. Uh, we've been marred in the hands of the potter. And what is he doing? He's making us anew. Time is running out. Come on, somebody. My God. So he's making us anew as it pleases him. Jeremiah, tell my people. Come on, somebody. Cannot I do with you as the potter does with the clay? Warn them. Let them know that time is running out. Come on, somebody. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. My God. Hallelujah. David cried out and cleanse thou me of my secret faults. Lord, don't let me go down into the pit. Come on, somebody. Keep me alive that the bones that thou have broken might rejoice. It was good that I was afflicted. My God, it was when I was down and out and God showed me his love and, and uh, he left the 90 and nine and, and, and uh, came and got me. Come on, somebody showed me some tough love and broke my leg. Come on, somebody, his rod and his staff, they comfort <laughs> My God, take the, the lamb that have strayed off and, and take the staff and, and break his leg. My God, don't end there. Then he mends him back up. Come on, somebody. And puts him back where he belonged. It was good that I was afflicted. My God. Lord, don't let my, uh, my, my soul go down to the pit. Keep me alive that the bones that you have broken might rejoice. My God. Each and every one of us, let us bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, for if a man think himself to be something when in fact he is nothing, without him, I'm a ship without a sail. Come on, somebody. Just a nomad wandering. 
No focus, no aim, no goal, no purpose in life. But along came Jesus, my God, said before uh, you were formed in the belly, Say not that I'm a child. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm the one that's going to call it. Before you were formed in the belly, I already knew. Before you came out of the womb, my God. Somebody cried out. David cried out, said, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. But God said, I, I have the remedy for sin. Come on, somebody. My God must be born again. That that is nothing. He takes nothing. You know, you, you know it takes skill to be a potter. It takes vision to be a potter. Come on, somebody. Insight to be a potter. Knowledge to be a potter. You have to look at something that's nothing and see its potential to be a potter. Come on, somebody. Jeremiah, tell my people, tell Israel, let them know, cannot I do with you? My God, as the potter does with this clay. But saints, time is running out. All right. For if a man thinking himself to be something when he is nothing, you're only deceiving yourself. All right, Jude 24, Jude reminds us that it's possible for us to fall. Amen. What does he say in Jude 24? Now unto him that is what? Able to keep you from falling. That Now that lets me know uh, if a man be overtaken with a fault, it's possible for me to be overtaken with a fault. If He's able to keep me from falling. That means all of us has the propensity or the potential to fall. If he's able to keep me from falling, that means it's possible for me to fall. Come on, somebody. I'm not eternally secure. It is possible for me to mess this thing up. Come on, somebody. My God. You know, people say, well, once in... Uh, never out, and people um, play with scriptures, you know, and be real sophisticated. Well, God already knows who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. Yeah, I agree with that. And if he says you're saved, you're eternally secure. And then people take, you know, playing on, you know, uh, their fear toward me are taught by the precepts of men, just some kind of, you know, uh, a religious rule or some code that somebody have came up with to deceive people's mind. I do believe God already know who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. And then, if, you know, they'll turn around and say, and if God say, you know, you already going to be saved and, and, you know, there's no way you can miss. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. Okay. But does that mean now I can do and live any old kind of life? that I want to, then I believe that makes me one of those individuals that's not going to be saved. You know, God knows all things and he already know who's going to be saved and who's going to be lost. And if you save, you're going to be saved. 
Their fear toward me are taught by the precepts of men. Come on, somebody. Just somebody that decided, you know, they got something, uh, uh, you know, sophisticated to say. And, you know, and it's, you know, there's always a half truth in unrighteousness, I should say. <laughs> uh, there's half truth in lies. <clears throat> well, God already knows. And if you're saved, you're eternally secure. Well, let's put it this way. God already knows who's going to keep his commandment and keep his statutes. And then, come on somebody, yes, you're going to be saved. Hmm. He said he know your thoughts are far off. Oh, come on somebody. Oh, yeah. My God. So we're not eternally secure. My God. There is a potential, uh, there is a uh, propensity for us to fail. It's possible for us to miss this thing. My God, <clears throat> don't ever tell nobody, take heed that no man deceive you. Don't, don't ever have anybody tell you, and that's what flesh wants to hear. Well, you know, God already knows. Come on, somebody. My God, I, I saw an individual on Facebook uh, that was thanking God for the 144,000 and how they were sealed. They were a Jehovah Witness, uh, not rightly dividing the word of truth. Come on, somebody. Uh, when you read in Revelation in those 144,000, we read it. He said 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and you got somebody walking around talking about they're in the 144,000 that's going to be saved. And like, uh, what tribe are, are you from? Because the Bible lets you know. It counts it, adds it all up for you. 12,000 from this tribe and 12,000 from that tribe, 144,000. <laughs> and, and you're glad you're in that number. Well, what tribe are you of and that was mentioned? My goodness. Study to show thyself approved. When we read in Revelation, uh, John said there was a number that appeared before him that couldn't be numbered. My God, the people that told that lie in the first place have already backed off. When their ranks, among their ranks, they became more than, greater than 144,000. My God, uh, their fear toward me are taught by the precepts of men. My God, uh, get in the word. And read the word, and 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 more importantly, uh, you don't have the wherewithal to decipher it for yourself. That's why he said he's going to give you a pastor. Jeremiah three fifteen. I will give you pastors after my own heart. The pastor's job is to feed the flock of God. There is no substitute 
for a pastor. I know individuals that, you know, especially nowadays, you know, where, you know, <laughs> all the snakes, all the venomous snakes, you know, that uh, have tried to start churches and run churches and wrecked ministries and failed ministries and busted ministries. They're now, they're now open now that, you know, they're, you know, we're on the, we're on the internet now, you know, and they out there talking about, yeah, we all on the same page now. If I was on the same page as you, you know, I guess I would be suicidal. <laughs> my God, I, I, I think I would in my life. <clears throat> uh, God said, I will give you pastors after my own heart. I don't care if, you know, we get to a point where we have to go totally uh, online streaming service or we meet in person uh, just because, you know, uh, now everybody can get, you know, their cell phone and and start talking in the phone and, and ministering, starting ministries and starting churches and everything. That don't make you a pastor. It's the pastor's job to feed the flock of God. Everybody needs a pastor. My God. <clears throat> Everybody. God follows protocol. And just because you want to step out of that and do your own thing. That don't that don't make you saved. Jesus said, I always do the will of my father. My God, I don't think that's no words that none of us could even utter. I always do the will of my father. Then turned around and, and told Philip, when you see me, you see the father. Yet it, it was a protocol among somebody that he followed. He, uh, my father worketh hitherto, and I work. Then told Philip, the works that you see me do, these are the works of my father. Come on, somebody. Three different manifestations. Come on, somebody, of God operating in three separate, my God, roles. Father in creation, son in redemption, the Holy Spirit that's dwelling on the inside of us. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Father will send in my name. In your Bible that's written in red, the person talking is Jesus. The Father is going to send it in my name. My God. Listen, everybody, need to have the word rightly divided unto them that they might make it. Amen. Uh, one of the things that uh, people have to be careful of is the source of your information. Not everybody's a pastor. Come on, somebody. My God. You know, all uh, mistruth is laced with some truth. You know, um, I used, always used to talk about how um, 
Uh, rat poison's got some good stuff in it. And we got some sunflower seeds in there and some, you know, I don't know what all they mix up in there, but I've seen rats eat it. They get in there and they, they go to chomping and eating. And next thing you know, they're dead. <clears throat> when we were children, we run home and uh, tell mom, you know, I ain't feeling well and I don't want to eat. <laughs> your, your mother know right then you sick, something wrong with you. I want to go to, you want to go to bed? <laughs> First thing mama's going to ask you, what did you eat? Well, we went to the store and I ate a whole pack of noun laters and some, um, some uh, Mary Janes and we got some penny cookies and you just filled yourself up with junk to the full. And now you're sick. Same thing. Same. If you can understand the natural, you can understand the spiritual. People just fill themselves with a bunch of a spiritual goobly got. Just as confused. Come on, somebody. My God, I don't know where all that's coming from. All right, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence of his glory with exceeding joy. My God, to present you faultless. Now, how in the world is he going to do that? And we're full of a lot of faults. Come on, somebody. My God, each and every one of us, he's able to present us. First of all, let's start with keep us from falling. Amen. He's going to keep us from falling. And not only that, he's going to present us faultless. My God. And that's when um, you can just self-reflect. Now, how in the world? I mean, if you're just being honest with yourself, how am I going to be presented faultless when I myself know if I'm just being honest, I have a whole lot of faults. Remember somebody? My God. Um, we're going to throw this one in for free. First John. All right. John, I want you to write the things that were, the things that are, and the things that are to be, are hereafter. When we read that in Revelation, you all remember that? I told John, I want you to write the gospel. According to John, I want you to write the three epistles of John. And then I want you to write Revelation. The things that were the things that are, and the things hereafter. That's where we're going. Uh, first John, first of the three epistles of John. And uh, we're going to go to the second chapter. First John, second uh, chapter. Look what he's the elder statesman now, and he refers to us as his little children. He has that right. He has that authority. He says, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you, our first inclination is to sin not, to live a sinless life, 
holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. Come on, somebody. And guess what? Not only did he said he's going to bless you in this life with mothers and fathers and houses and land and riches and all of these things uh, with persecution, but he's going to give you eternal life after this life in the life in which to come. Come on, somebody. I'll withhold no good thing from them that walk up right before me. One of his disciples said, Lord, we left all to follow you. <laughs> Peter, come on, somebody. What? Two fish in a boat? We've left all to follow you. There's no man, come on, somebody, my God, that has left anything that I'm not going to bless him in this life 100-fold and then give him eternal life in the life in which to come. So live a sinless life. My little children, these things I write unto you that you, our first inclination is to sin not. And if any man sin, God always has a plan. This is not a check with Ed McMahon's face on it. This is not walk the plank, walk the tightrope. Oh, you missed one. You didn't dot the I, you didn't cross the T, and to hell you go. You know, people, that's their ministry. You, everything, you straight to hell you go. My God, give me a God that has mercy. <laughs> My God, that, that uh, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about reprove and rebuke and exhort. I'm on somebody. Give me some hope. Uh, the word it just ain't going to just beat you, knock you down. Yeah, it will correct you, but it will encourage you too. All right. And then if any man sin, we have, what is he? He's an advocate with the father. Who is he? Jesus Christ, the righteous. Come on, somebody. We have an advocate. Um, with the Father, he's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And I explained it this way. Now, you all know, we've talked about this, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, all three are one. But if you were to appear um, in a courtroom, let's say you're in for a serious case here, you're there with your attorney, and the judge is sitting on the bench, and you're sitting there with your uh, your um, attorney, your representation, your counsel, if you will. And what if your attorney uh, says to you, uh, listen, there ain't nothing to worry about because the judge is my father. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> The judge is your father? That That's your father? Oh, man. I got it made. I'm going to feel good about that. My God. We have an advocate with the father. Who is he? Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation, the ever-atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 
He is the perpetuation. He is the ever atoning sacrifice. Come on, somebody. That no matter how many times I need to go back and become clean. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. If a brother be overtaken in a fall, if you're if it's if you happen to fall, we can go back to our advocate with the Father. Who is he? Jesus Christ the righteous, uh, that shed his blood. Come on, somebody. And somebody said it reaches to the highest mountain, it flows to the lowest valley, and no matter how many times I mess up, I can go back and be dipped. What could make me whole again? Mm. What could make me whiter than snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, my God. When Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and all the king's horsemen and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again, my God, I can go back to my father. I have an advocate with the father. Who's going to represent me? He's Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the perpetuation, the ever atoning sacrifice. He did it once and he did it for all. And if it's necessary, I can go back and get dipped and be made whole all over again. My God, what a mighty God we serve. He said he's taken our sins and he's blotted them out. He's nailed them to the cross. He's blotted them out and he'll remember them against you no more. My God. And you know what? Uh, I would be careful. I would be careful when you know something that Jesus don't know. When he said he would blot your sins out and he would remember them against you no more. Do you believe that? I do. That means he, he's forgotten about it. He's plunged you in that blood. Come on, somebody. My God. He's washed you, restored you, renewed you. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, wiped your slate clean and said, I will remember it against you no more. Why should I be running around trying to remember something Jesus don't know? Yeah, there's people that specialize in, the, in that. Girl, I remember when. You better be careful. <laughs> uh, watch out for so-and-so trying to warn you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. They know something that Jesus don't even know. Do you believe it? So why should I be beating myself up over something that he's forgiven me for, my God, and, and wipe my slate clean? Come on, somebody. I got a right and a reason 
even the more, you know, people, they'll see you running around the church and they'll girl, I remember. Well, that's why I'm shouting. <laughs> that's why I'm shouting. Even the more I got now, I got a right and a reason to praise the God of my salvation. And I think one of the most um, dirtiest sins that you can have is self-righteousness. Oh, I don't need the girl. It didn't take all that. Man, you know, I was I was I was all right when I came in here. You were a sinner. Lost. We're all sinners saved by grace. What is grace? The unmerited favor of God. Hmm. Let's read this one more time, this bonus scripture. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the perpetuation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. So what he did at Calvary's cross must be applied to you. Amen. My dear beloved brother, upon the confession of your faith and the confidence you have in the blessed word of life, I now indeed baptize you. Come on, somebody. For the remission of what? Your sins. Come on, somebody. What he did at Calvary's cross through baptism, now is applied to you. He did it for the whole world, but the question is, has it been applied to, this is a personal thing, save yourself from this untoward generation. This promise is unto you, it is unto your children, to them that are far off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. I now indeed baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of what? Your sin. Not for the sin of the whole world. Now what he did at Calvary's cross has been applied to me. My God. All right. We're back in Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. He is going to present you faultless. How is he going to do that? Come on, somebody. So if I have to go back, I have an advocate with the Father. He's Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the ever atoning sacrifice for my sin. So now when he sees me, he sees me through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And the blood hides a multitude of sins. My God. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? He is the a perpetuation. He is the ever atoning sacrifice. My God, when he sees me, my God, he sees me through the blood. And the blood hides a multitude of sins. And without the shedding of blood, come on somebody, there is no forgiveness of sins. All right? He's able to keep you from falling and he's going to present you faultless. 
before the presence of his glory, and he's going to do it with exceeding joy. My God. Let's go to 2 Peter. Mm. 2 Peter. I think we've caught this called this scripture before. He says, wherefore the rather, uh, 2 Peter, the first chapter, verse 10. And I'll give this to you all as uh, homework assignment. 2 Peter, the first chapter, verse 10. He says, wherefore the rather, brethren, giving diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. I want you to go back. Go back and find out those things. He says, if we do, if we do them, we will never fall. Amen. Um, Psalms 19 and 12. <clears throat> David said, if you don't understand anything else, I want you to understand this. Psalms 19 and 12, who can understand his heirs? My God, you need to know that there are things that uh, lay and lurk and wait till the time is right. You're sleeping with the enemy. Come on, somebody. My God. And in this flesh dwelleth no good thing. It's trying to set you up. Hmm. My God. There are some things that are in you. There are some things that you know. And there are some things that you don't know. That dwelleth in this flesh not until the time is right. Who can understand his errors? My God. Then let's finish this up. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. There are some things in me I have the propensity to do some things that would turn my head. My God. Um, there are some individuals that are on death row. Uh, talking about in the heat of the moment. In a fit of rage. Temporarily. Temporarily insanity, serving death sentences, my God, because something caused them to do something um, that even surprised them. They didn't realize and didn't even know that it was there until uh, things were just right. Come on, somebody. My God. You'd be surprised if 
there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. When you're walking after the flesh, come on somebody, you're going to have a fleshly response. Come on, somebody. My God. And there are some things. The indecent proposal. Uh, if the time is just right. Come on, somebody. That you can, can uh, become, uh, succumb to. Almost subscribe to, go along with, if you're not totally in the spirit. Hmm. My God. So David said, who can understand his errors? And God, cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Come on, somebody. My God. When my heart is overwhelmed... Take me to the rock that is higher than I. All right. Galatians 6 and 8. <clears throat> Galatians 6, verse 8. Paul lets us know if we cater to this flesh, if we cater to the flesh, there's a price. There is a reward that you're going to get. I'm on somebody. And just because we use that word reward doesn't mean it's going to be something good. Galatians 8 and 6 says what? For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. I'm on somebody. If you're going to cater, pamper, appease this flesh, you're going to reap corruption. My God. So I thank God there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who are no longer catering to this flesh, but they're now become freed from sin and they're walking in the spirit. Come on, somebody. Because if I'm going to cater to this flesh, I'm going to reap corruption. Let's read it again. Galatians 6 and 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Can't no good thing. Ah, pastor, it feels so good. Yeah, I understand. I know. My God. Bishop uh, Paul Alexander Bowers was, I don't know if this was a, a conversation him and I had or it was when he was at the church teaching, teaching us at um, in Ann Arbor. He said this one man that was practicing homosexuality, he began to talk to Bishop Bowers about how it, it felt so good. And, and Bishop Bowers said, oh, I want you to remember that. Good. I want you to remember that when you're burning in hell. Come on, somebody. If, it, if it's possible to have one good thought while you're burning in hell, which I don't even think it's possible, 
You try to hold on to that thought when you're burning in hell. My God, and uh, <laughs> he spoke out against it when we were in convention in um, in Detroit, and we had a session broke out for our evening service. We went over to Greater Grace uh, in Detroit. Uh, he gave his opinion about homosexuality, and he said, uh, if I offended you, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I, no, no apologies. Come on, somebody. The scripture lets you know, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, my God, shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Come on, somebody. My God. Salvation is free, but it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to lay down your life. Come on, somebody. For the cause of Christ. You're going to have to lay aside your agenda, the agenda of this flesh, and realize now I can do all things through Christ Jesus that now strengthens me. My God. All right. Romans, the eighth chapter. <clears throat> uh, no, I think we've called this scripture already. Mm. Well, actually, I added another on to this Romans eight. And nine, uh, we've read this, but uh, ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. I've added another one to this verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raises up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. My God. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall do what? If you live after the flesh, you shall do what? But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. My God, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Come on, somebody. My God. If Jesus got up, come on, somebody, I can get up too. And then it's, Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Anybody want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering? Uh, denying this body of worldly uh, pleasures, that's the fellowship of his suffering. Come on, somebody. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. If he got up and was without sin, guess what? I can live a sinless life too. But I got to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. 
Come on, somebody. My God. All right. I, I like this scripture here. I'm going to read it again, uh, starting at verse 11. Um, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, the power of his resurrection, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also do what? Quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you, my God. And you hath he quickened, Ephesians 2 and 1, uh, which were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. Come on, somebody. Ezekiel, can these bones live? My God. Speak to those bones. Prophesy to them bones. Come on, somebody. My God. Ezekiel said those bones came together, and they, uh, but they had no life. Some of us, you know... <laughs> My God, we've come together, but you ain't got no testimony. You ain't got no joy. You know, you ever run into some of them dry saints? Well, hey, praise the Lord. How you doing? Right. He said he's come that you might have abundant life. You know, Paul talked about that spirit of wantingness. Come on, somebody. Uh, wantingness, W-A-N-T-O-N-E-S-S, -S, wantingness, uh, look it up. Uh, you know, saints are not, you know, man, I wish I could go on to the party last night. They was partying, having a good time. Ooh, man, them drinks, they sure look good. And if I could just get a drag on a cigarette, just waving your head and That's not the power of his resurrection. He saved you from all of that. Come on, somebody. My God freed you from all of that. Come on, somebody. My God. And in the fellowship of his suffering, now I'm willing to let all of those things go. That's not me anymore. Come on, somebody. I'm back at verse 11 again. But if the spirit of him that raised him up, Jesus, from the dead, dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Yes, Ezekiel, these bones can live. Prophesy to them. Therefore, or since this is a fact, brethren, we are debtors. How much I owe? Not to this flesh. I don't owe this flesh nothing. Come on, somebody, to live after this flesh. Tell that flesh, you know, um, you know, flesh can talk. Flesh, you know, uh, Jesus, he's that still, small voice. <laughs> but flesh is boisterous. And I, want, I got to have it. I got it. And we got to do it. We got to go. And if you don't do it, I, I'm going to die. If I don't get no cigarette, I'm, I'm just going to die. I'm about to lose my mind. Listen, tell flesh, that's exactly what I want you to do. Die. Die. Come on, somebody. My God. No cross, no resurrection. Hmm. You ever thought about that? 
My God, and if you're on the cross, then die. Come on, somebody. My God, you got to have the cross to have a resurrection. And if that's where you are right now, tell flesh, that's exactly what I want you to do. Die. Come on, somebody, because after the cross, my God, all power, heaven and earth now belongs unto me. You got to have a cross to have a resurrection. Come on, somebody. All right, so I don't owe this body nothing. <clears throat> Therefore, brethren, you are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. My God. Uh, write down Philippians 3, 9 through 11. Philippians 3, 9 through 11. Put that thought along with this one here that we just read. We're going to go to 2 Peter 3, 16 through 18. And we've talked about this. Peter was talking about the teachings of Paul. Um, 2 Peter 3, 16 through 18. As also in all epistles, speaking in them of these things in which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable, they rest. That's, that's where they like to be. That's where they like to dwell. As they do also other scriptures to their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But do what? Grow in grace at grace, and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Um, individuals now, we, we talked about this, you know, they they got internet pastors, and they got people that uh, haven't even been saved long as you've been saved, you know, out on the internet trying to, you know, get deep in the scriptures, you know, as if, you know, they've been given some, uh, you know, spiritual insight, some spiritual knowledge, uh, people that call themselves prophetess, uh, and, uh, prophets, um, uh, trying to impress people that, you know, somehow they've received something. Now, Paul is the one that got caught up into the third heaven and was shown things that were unlawful to even speak about. Yet he went to the other apostles and determined that he got the same thing. Now, listen, he got the same thing. Uh, uh, reconciled? Is that what you heard? Is, is that is that your understanding? That's my understanding. He didn't come back and say, "Listen, listen, I got this directly from 
uh, Jesus uh, from heaven, from God. I was caught up into the third heavens. I got an anointing. I got something that, you know, y'all don't have. No, I'm on somebody. Uh, he said, you know, I was one born out of due season, went back uh, to the other apostles, lined up what he had received directly from heaven. Come on, somebody. My God. And they all taught the same thing. You got individuals now. Um, the Listen, if you're a young, young minister, young saint, don't try to jump off into some deep subject that you don't know what you're talking about. You ain't doing nothing but hanging yourself. And listen, uh, God said all souls belong to me. Now, if you mislead, you misguide, you misdirect someone, God is going to hold that person's blood at your hand. Come on, somebody. Uh, he puts a heavy price on a soul. He said, all souls belong to me. And, and there are some novices out there that are deceiving the minds of the people. Also in all his apostles, speaking in them of things, these things, in which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable, this is where, this is where they like to, to dabble around. You know, we're going to get deep and we're going to go in and the Lord done showed me something that, you know. Stay away from the people that, you know, got that kind of spirit. Remember somebody? We're talking about the possibility of failure, the possibility to fall. Uh, as do other scriptures. Unto their own destruction. <clears throat> Ye therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before, beware, watch out, lest you also be led away with the air of the wicked. Uh, their fear toward me are taught by the precept of men. People just come up with, with all kinds of just stuff that, you know, what they, what they think God ought to do. And, you know, I, I think, you know, God think like this and we ought to be able to do this. And, you know, that's not the way it go. Come on, somebody. 17 again, ye therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before you have been warned. You got a pastor. He's teaching you. He's warning you. Uh, he's feeding with you with knowledge and understanding. Beware lest you also being led away with the air of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and do it at grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. My God. One of the things that they always used to talk about, you know, unlearned people. And they've said it of uh, African-Americans, especially uh, if you want to um, hide something in the open from unlearned and ignorant people. Just put it in a book. Put it in the book. They'll never. They'll never know. I'm on somebody. My God. We got people out that, that you know, they want to teach God's word. They want to expound the scriptures. They want to be deep. Haven't even read the book. 
They just going by what they heard somebody else say. Come on, somebody. My God. And, and you know, uh, don't be led uh, by these people. Come on, somebody. You're going to fall from your own steadfastness. God will give you pastors after his own heart that's going to feed you what God wants you to know, what you need to know. And there's individuals that have come and talked to me and said, Pastor, you know, I was, uh, you know, what you said uh, offended me. And uh, I was thinking about leaving the church. But, you know, I, I decided to, you know, uh, give up this thing. And, you know, and, and God uh, dealt with me and, and um, uh, you know, I, I decided to surrender. And I'm thinking I didn't even say nothing about what they said I said something about, <laughs> but that's what the Holy Ghost does. It's the fingers uh, with God anointed, God appointed, God guided ministry goes out and touch individuals where they need to be healed and, and delivered and set free. Come on, somebody, the word, it will, it will drive you or it will draw you. Come on, somebody. Went to uh, talk to his disciples and said, will you too go also? And Simon Peter said, Lord, where are we going to go? And you know what? It, uh, thou only has the words of eternal life. If we're going to live, we're going to have to receive it from your mouth. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. I got two scriptures here. First Corinthians 9, 27 says, uh, Paul said, but I keep under my body. Now, this is after some. 30 years of ministry, I keep under my body. After 30 years of ministry, I keep under my body. After teaching to other folk and telling them what they ought to do, yeah, the pastor has to keep under his body. Come on, somebody. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. It does not come willingly. I have to bring it into subjection. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost being my helper. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or become unqualified. My God. I have a race to run. You have a race to run. We have to set aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Come on, somebody. It's going to take some um, some doing to identify the weights. You know, we, we kind of know what the sins are, you know. But the weight holds you until sin gets there. Come on, somebody. One of them is forsaking the assembling of yourself as the manner of some are. Come on, somebody. I don't believe that you miss one Bible class. You miss one service and, and you're going to hell. Walk the plank. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Um, I don't believe that. But I do believe that if you make a practice of missing Bible class, not coming to church, where are you being fed? And if you're not being fed, what's left? 
your immune system is weakened. And when your immune system is weakened, there's one going up and uh, up to and fro, up and down, seeking whom he may devour. And guess what he's looking? He's looking for those weak individuals, easy targets. Come on, somebody. My God. Keep under your body. Bring it into subjection. Lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway or become unqualified. James 1, 13 through 15, tying this all the way back to the first scripture reread. You are sleeping with the enemy. James 1, 13 through 15. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. I'm sleeping with the enemy. Your flesh know what it won't. You know what it won't. You know who it won't. <laughs> My God. Um, but look at verse 15. Then when lust have conceived, what does it do? It bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished. Oh, we're having a good time. This feels so good. This is nice, you know, uh, the old secular uh, songwriter, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. We both know that it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it go now. <laughs> My God. Um, I grew up in the Motor City, y'all. This is some of the stuff that's in my flesh. The Motown songs, and they, they just stick with me, those lyrics. <clears throat> me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> do what you do, what you do, what you're doing to me. <laughs> My God, that's flesh. That's, that's what you're dealing with. That's what you're sleeping with. That's the enemy that you're sleeping with. You better know that it's there. You better know that it's there. We're going to read this one more time and then we're done. Um... If you want to be saved, call me, 734-477-6891. Call me, 734-477-6891. Uh, the Lord is soon to come, my God. Uh, and he wants to give you a remedy uh, for this flesh. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. There is no evil in God to tempt you with. He allows temptation, but he does not tempt you. All right. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. This is where your temptation is 
you are sleeping with the enemy. Um, then when lust hath conceived, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Uh, it bringeth forth sin and sin, although it, it it's a good ride. My God, when it is finished, it brings forth death. The possibility, the possibility of failure. May God bless you. May God keep you. Let us all bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, my God, we know that the day is at hand and the time is well spent, Lord Jesus. My God, hallelujah. We know that you're soon to come. Father, work in us both the will and the do of your good pleasure. Give us a mind to serve you, to stay on the wall and not come down. Be the light, the city that sitteth upon a hill that cannot be hid, my God. Hallelujah. To tell everybody we come in contact with, hallelujah, the man named Jesus, my God, that loosed our shackles and set us free. My God, we're asking that we will enjoy this abundant life that you have given us, Lord, but we would stay on the wall. My God, we'll tell everyone, my God, about a man named Jesus that have come to give us abundant life. Dismiss us from this, uh, this service, my God, but not your presence. Keep your loving arms of protection around us. My God, your blood above the doorpost of our homes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep us in your care. Bind the hand of the enemy. Father, prosper us. My God, lead us and guide us and direct us in these perilous times. Father, hallelujah, unto him that is able to keep us from falling. Hallelujah. And to present us faultless. My God, we thank you to the only and true wise God. To you be glory and dominion and power. And let everybody say amen. May God bless you. May God keep you new grace. I love you. Amen. And as I say, if you don't do anything else, stay saved. Stay saved. The Lord is soon.